in today's show. Let's wrap up all of the action from the last day before the All-Star break. An update as well on Anthony Davis's injury, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Here we go. It's the last game before the All-Star break. You're going to have a couple of days where there are no shows after this. So... Just re-download this one one multiple times. Keep the numbers cranking through. Rewatch it on YouTube. Do all those things. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. We're here. We're going to talk about the action from Thursday. We also got some pretty big injury news. So, Warnie? Warnie? Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you've got Anthony Davis, you're not laughing, are you? Because, again, I talked about this on the mailbag show, I think, today. Or maybe it was the pregame show. I don't remember. When there were erroneous reports out there, Anthony Davis out two weeks, not considered a serious injury. He'll be back soon. It's bullshit. I don't, I, it was they were bullshit reports, and they were misworded, misquoted, deliberately so. Some might say um, reports. They were ru- rubbish. Anthony Davis will be reevaluated in four weeks. The MRI revealed he's got a mid foot sprain, not ankle. It's his foot. Reevaluated in four weeks. Reevaluated, reevaluated in four weeks means the middle of March, 18th of March, around that time. That does not mean a return. That means he is out at least those four weeks. And in general, when there's a reevaluation, if everything is perfect, then you've got to probably about another week or so to go. It's not like he's going to be practicing or working out or getting anything going until that reevaluation. So, Anthony Davis is out until the 18th of March, at the least. Like we said, or like I said on yesterday's show, yeah, this injury profiles to me as one that basically ends the fantasy season for him. All of February, probably all of March. And I feel like that's where we are. Again, he's only been ruled out to the middle of March. I would find it pretty staggering if he is back in March. Maybe the 27th of March. Maybe the maybe it's the 20th. Two days after the reevaluation. I'd be pretty bloody surprised. And given where the Lakers are and where they might be at this point, do they need to push through with a guy that's had so many problems with his legs and injuries? I'd be doubtful of that. I would suggest... Huh. I would suggest... Let's go to our friend up north. Get that garbage out of here! I think you have to. If you're... Look, if you've got an open injury reserve slot... You hold Anthony Davis. No brainer. It's Anthony Davis, right? If you don't have an open injured reserve slot, if you don't have an injured reserve slot at all, what are we doing? You're going to wait for those four weeks. Thankfully, one of those weeks is an all-star break. So he misses three weeks of game action at the least, at very least. 
but can you afford that? Now, you're on, the only person that can answer that is you. You're the only person that knows those circumstances. But I've got him and I'm not holding on to any hope at all. And if I wasn't, if I did, the league that I've got him in is a 30-team league. So there is nothing on the waiver wire at all. Like the best guy on the waiver wire probably just got waived today by the Kings in Louis King. So there wasn't that many guys out there, right? But he's done. Beneficiaries, Malik Monk, I'd add him in 12s. I think Carmelo Anthony can be a back-end 12-team league guy. And I think Taylor Horton Tucker, who's already at the moment, just, he's already providing 12-team value over the last two weeks. Amazingly. They can all move into that. Stanley Johnson, no. Trevor Ariza, no. Monk, Anthony, and Horton Tucker might sneak in. Now, I think Mallow, or Horton Tucker especially, will be more streaming. I think Mallow can establish his top 120 in this time. I think it's possible. And I think the same will go for Monk. So there, I think the big beneficiaries there. There are other, you don't have to replace like for like. You don't have to add a Lakers guy if you're moving on from Davis. But they're the guys who are going to step up, I think. But it's the Lakers. Weird stuff can happen, can't it? The other um, injury update we got. Where's Unsell? Said, oh, we, we expect him back um, Yeah, after the break. Just like they expected him, I guess, to play straight after the trade. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't believe you. I'll happily be proven wrong. And I actually think there's more of a likelihood of him playing after the break when there was zero chance of him playing that game straight after the trade. And when Tommy Shepard came out and said it, he might as well have just said cap at the end. Like, everyone knew he was bullshitting. Where's Unseld? I'm not as sure if he's... Uh, not as certain if he's bullshitting here or not. He might return. But given the fact that they've lied through their teeth already about Porzingis' status, there is nothing to prevent them lying again about his readiness post-All-Star break. Him returning... It screws a lot of stuff up. I don't know whether they play him at the four or at the five. What does it mean for Gafford or Bryant? I do like Gafford as a back-end fantasy guy, but if Porzingis plays, I don't like him at all. I don't really think it's going to work out in the slightest. We'll talk about that a little bit more later when we talk about that Wizards game. Let's look at the top ads over the last 24 hours in fantasy leagues. Number one was Muxy Kleber. He's hanging in that fringe 12-team area. I don't mind that as an ad. Nick Batum, up 23%. Yeah, look, recent production's been fine, but it is going to be up and down, and he's probably just going to be more of a streamer. Denny Avdia, up 17%. I think Avdia is, at this point, a 12-team league player. Whether it remains there or not, I don't know. And again, I think Porzingis can have a real impact on that, just pushing other players down positions, but Avdia's doing a lot. Bruce Brown up 17%. I'm hoping that was just people streaming him in for today. He is not a 12-team league long-term option. Neto up 15%. They dicked us. They dicked us, the Wizards. We'll talk about it later. They dicked us. I reckon he can move on from Neto. Jaden McDaniels up 13%. Yeah, last couple of games have been good. No problem with that. Caldwell Pope up 11 The Wizards. Um, yeah, look, he's okay to try out. Jackie Jackson Hayes. Um, yeah. Got to add him. Got to add him. I talked about this over the last few weeks, last week or so. Got to add him. Um, the Big Ragu, up 8%. Dante DiVincenzo. Eh, I'm not, not sold on it, but it's not a bad flyer. And then Mason Plumlee. <laughs> hey, speaking of getting dicked. Mason Plumlee up 7%. We'll talk about that one a little bit later as well. Let's look at the top drops over the last 24 hours. 
Number one is Rashawn Holmes. Finally, we're catching on. Every day, I'll still get someone, hey, Josh, what should I do with Holmes? You should get him all the way to Jack Armstrong's house. Get that garbage out of here! There's no offense to Rashawn, but what are we waiting for? What are you doing? You're, you're wasting time. Please, get him out of here. Jalen Smith down 12%. Yeah, I get it. Foul trouble. A lot of bodies there. Move on. Diallo down 9. No, no point in him in a 12. Grayson Allen, no point in a 12. Uh, he's down 9% at the moment. With him, He's hurt, and you might be able to just try other blokes in there. Mo Harkless down 8. Sure. Malik Beasley down 7. How is he still rostered in leagues where he can be dropped down 7%? I don't get it. Davion Mitchell down 7. Clear drop. Goga Badadze down 7. Clear drop. Jay Crowder down 7. Well, he's on this list, I reckon, every day. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And that's fine, because he's the perfect guy. The Suns play, you stream him in. The Suns don't play, you drop him down. He is the perfect guy for that. That's exactly where Jay Crowder sits. And then DeAndre Hunter, yes. Finally, people are realizing that you do not need to have him on a roster in a 12-team league, and he is being jacked all over the place. Football might be over. It is over. There's no might in that equation. It is over. But basketball's flying. Pro football, not pro football, pro basketball. College hoops. We are rolling all the way through to the playoffs. So for all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right next to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, that'll take us into games. Let's look at the first one. Double OT. You wouldn't know it by looking at the score, but this was a double overtime game. 111-107. Miami wins. Lowry played 46 minutes, 25-9-5 with six triples. Really strong game. Big game from the Spur, Dunkey Robertson. 21 points, six triples in 44 minutes. I tell you how much I buy this. Zero. Not at all. He's a great stream for a day like today. And then he can get jacked. Jimmy Butler, 51 minutes for Jim. Um, 15 points on 21% shooting. That is horrendous. He did have 10 rebounds. He did have eight assists, one steal, two blocks. But man, I think he started out going like three of 20. It was a bad, bad game in shooting wise. PJ dropped a 15 and 10 double-double as well in 44 minutes. Yeah, look, he's a stream for a day like today, and that's it. Leave him for 16 teams otherwise. And a weird game where PJ Tucker, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo all scored 15 points and all had double-doubles. All had 15-point double-doubles. Bam had 15 and 13 with three blocks. Um, he's been really, really solid since returning. Omer Yurtseven had the backup minutes because Deadman was out once more. Yurtseven had 10 and 6 in 14 minutes. And sure, there is a chance that he remains as the backup center. But let's not remember that when he was um, playing as the starter before, he was playing great. So it's not like they moved him back to third string because he was struggling. He was dominating. And they said, no, no, we actually want Deadman in there. You go to the bench. So there's still a chance that he sticks as the backup, but not necessarily. Deadman can just slide back in there. 19 Vincent minutes, 14 Struess minutes, 14 Highsmith minutes. These guys are only deeper league sort of players, Struess and Vincent. And it's just not enough. This is without Hero and without Martin and without Oladipo. There's just not going to be enough playing time for him. Speaking of not enough playing time, let's look at Charlotte and let's go to their starting center who had almost a triple-double last game and played 37 minutes. Mason Plumley he played 14 in a double overtime game. Predict that. Like, you can't. You, you can't. I, I looked at it. Well, I suppose you could, because I looked at it and went, 
Why are we playing Plumlee and Harold together so much? It doesn't make any sense. And I guess Borrego said, you know what? That dickhead in Australia, maybe he's got a point. We just won't play Plumlee. You know, and you know what? I don't actually care. But this is, it annoys me, irrationally so. But if you're going to have a guy that's out there as a placeholder center like Plumlee, because Montrez Harrell refuses to play as a starter, like what are we doing here? I'm going to play Harrell 43 minutes, but don't you dare play him those first six minutes of a half. Don't you dare. That's just going to rip apart the space-time continuum. How dare he want to match up with a starter at the start of a game? Does he just want to rack up sixth man of the year? What is the point of this? Harrell played 43. He had 24-8. I didn't think he'd be getting 20, 43 minutes at all. And he probably won't as we move forward because they'll continue to muck around with rotations and lineups here. But, you know, he got the big minutes. We also got big ones from PJ. PJ Washington played 49. He had 15 and 14 with a steal and a block. And those minutes make him a 12-teamer. Plumlee isn't. Miles Bridges had 29 and 11 with three threes. And Lamello had 14, 10 and 14. A nice triple-double with some poor percentages. Um, the Kelly Oubre experience continues to be one of the most frustrating in the league. I think he had four threes made in the first quarter and then scored three points for the rest of the game. Ended with 15 points in 38 minutes with four threes, and it's why he has been a tough roster all year. 15 points on 15 shots, no assists. He's the 139th ranked player, 205th over the last two weeks despite playing 31 minutes. Kevin Pelton had a tweet today, which I retweeted onto my timeline, saying that he is has the highest variance in game-to-game three-point makes. And that absolutely tracks what we've been saying about him all year. He'll drop 10 in a game, then he'll go 0 of 12 or some shit. It's all over the place, and it makes him a really, really tough roster. And I don't. when Hayward comes back, there is no way that Ubre needs a spot on a 12-team roster. Absolutely no way that that is what you need. Let's look at the next one. The Wizards. They beat the Nets. 117-103. On the road. Good stuff. Let's talk about rotations. Tom Bryant played the back-to-back. Only 14 minutes. The numbers are great for 14 minutes. 12 and 5 with two blocks. And that makes you think, holy shit, imagine when Thomas Bryant gets more minutes. But I will posit to you that maybe he just doesn't. Has he actually played well in any of these games? Not really. This one, he was all right. But I just don't see this huge role for him. This is good. It's unrealistic. I'm way more interested in Denny Avdia. 31 minutes, 13 and 8, two steals, one block. He's playing a better role. The usage is up. The minutes are up. Again, Porzingis can screw this up very easily. And how do you ask when they play different positions? Well, Porzingis comes in. If he plays the four, it pushes Kuzma and Hachimura more to the three. And that's where Avdia is getting his minutes. Avdia is probably better suited to play the four anyway. Just another mix in that name, of, of in those names that will have to come in and someone will have to lose minutes. And I don't know who it'll be. And Abdi is already coming off the bench, which is a problem. Corey Kispert did okay, 16 points with four threes. He's not a 12-team must-roster player. While KCP was rough, six and five, seven and five, sorry. And this was just horrendous from Kyle Kuzma. I'm not actually worried about the 29% shooting. That's obviously, um, you know, not good at all. But it's it's the fact that the usage was just not there. He took seven shots. He had only 21 usage. Is the guy that's been that number one dominating force all, all season, basically, for this team. That was a worry. Seven, oh, five, seven, and five for Coos. It was a shit game, and we'll watch it. My man, Dan Gafford, who I don't know how he really became my man. Like, I just thought he had a solid role and he was better than Harold and Bryant. 13 minutes, five, and five. It's not enough. Now, I know it was his first game back from COVID, but 
In theory, the trade of Harold should have opened up for him to play 24, but the specter of Porzingis looms, the shadow, it looms long and skinny over this rotation. If Porzingis plays, Gafford's nothing. He's not worth it. If Porzingis doesn't play, then yeah, he's a 12-team league guy, and it's up to you to work out whether you want to take that risk. Again, with the Wizards continually lying, it's hard to know and it's hard to trust. But it does appear they might try to trot Porzingis out there. I really doubt he makes it through to the end of the season, but they might try to trot him out there. Um, big scoring game from Marie Hachimura. 20 points in 27 minutes. Part of my issue with Hachimura as a player and fantasy player is that the 20 points looks great. It all looks good. All right. Good usage. One rebound, one assist. And unless he's getting big minutes with big usage, he has no fantasy value. And do you want him getting big minutes and big usage? And in general, the answer to that is no. So there will be certain situations like Kuzma goes down. Porzingis doesn't play. Hachimura has to play 35 a night. You know what? I would add him. But as a general rule, he's not good enough to demand that role, to demand those shots, to demand those minutes. And he does jack shit in those other areas, making him a, a really tough fantasy roster. Let's talk about the uh, point guard spot. We talked about this when Ish Smith was traded here, saying, I think this is going to be up and down all the time. It's going to be a real frustration. And then Hal Neto came out and played like 29, 30 minutes every game. And Smith was the backup. And then where's Ansel said, hey, hey, I gotcha. Gotcha. Ishmith played 27 while Neto played 21. So you're going to be in that situation, much like the Clippers' wings, where you're just sitting there scratching your balls trying to figure out what's going on. If you don't have balls, maybe just scratch something else because we don't know what's going on. Smitty played 27. He had 15, 2, and 6, which is a sick line. It's great. He shot 70% to get there, but it's great. And if you knew that Ishmith would play 27 a night, yes, he would be a 12-team league guy, but I can't sit here and tell you that. And I could say, take a flyer on Smitty. And then Neto plays 30 next game. It's got all the makings of complete bullshit as we go through here. Neto had, he was all right. 12, 2, and 3 with two steals, but 21 minutes. Mess. It's all mess. Speaking of mess, let's go to the Nets. Lamarcus Aldridge played 28 in this game. 16 and 4 with two blocks. That is three amazingly good games despite limited minutes. I don't trust it as a 12-team league guy, but hey, no problem. Grab him if you want. Pat Mills has been dreadful, and he was great. 22 points with five threes, three steals, and a block. Don't trust it for a single second. And the big avocado played only 19 minutes, Andre Drummond. You play 19 minutes and get six and nine, giggity. You're not a 12-team league player. He did have some foul trouble, but this is the perils of this three center, maybe four center, maybe five center if they ever go to Simmons at center rotation. The one thing happens, your, your window, your margin for error, that's what I'm trying to say, your margin for error is like a bee's dick. It is very small. And that's the problem we got here. They're still not even playing Nick Claxton. What if Steve Nash wants to get funky and throw him into the rotation? Then we're all just going to throw our hands up in the air. Go, I don't know. Like Blake Griffin played eight minutes in this game. David Duke played 21. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. Edward started because James Johnson was out and played 18. The rotation's a mess. A complete mess. Bruce Brown. Remember that one big game he had two games ago? He had 10, 5, and 4 in 35 minutes. He's had one game that's been good. I do not believe that he is a 12-team league player. And again, when you get Durant and Simmons and Kyrie for however much he plays, when they return, Brown's going to do jack shit. He's not worth burning a spot on a 12-team roster, in my opinion. Cam Thomas did his thing, 20 points. Took 17 shots, bad from the field. 29 fantasy points is great. He's got this stream value while these guys are out. But there's just no way, much like when talking about Hachimura, when you're doing nothing else, 
You need the volume, you need the shots. And when they don't come, you're not going to maintain that. Even if he still got 28 minutes somehow, instead of taking 17 shots, he might take nine when Simmons, Irving, Durant are all there. And that's just not going to be enough. And getting those 29 minutes will be basically impossible, I think, when this rotation actually gets healthy and gets everyone together. But again, we're a fair way away from that happening. Maybe he needs some built Bars. They're the best tasting protein bar ever. I wonder what Cam Thomas's New New Year's resolution was. Take a lot of shots? Well, if so, he's checked it off. But if you haven't checked off your New Year's resolution, maybe it was to lose some weight. Maybe it was to ditch the candy bars. Maybe it was to be built different. Well, you can still do it because built Bar's still around. They're low in carbs. They're low in fat. They're low in sugar, but they are jam-packed full of protein. Oh, I've got to resist doing bad jokes. Um... <laughs> 130 calories a bar in most of these built bars. 17 grams of protein in most of these bars. Whereas your candy bar, it's just too full of fat and sugar. Why would you, why would you want it? You wouldn't want it. It's ridiculous. Get your built bars. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L O C K E D 15, and get 15% off your order of built bars. Built bar is built different. Game three. Mavs beat the Pelicans, 125-118. Doncic is on an absolute roll at the moment. 77 fantasy points here for the Donch. 49-15-8. He hits seven threes. Still bad from the line, 67%, but that's just a great line. He's now up to number 14 for the season. He's seven over the last two weeks, including his percentage foibles. He's just rolling. The burner, Jalen Brunson, played 37 minutes with Dinwiddie playing 30. That's encouraging. No Reggie Bullock, though, so we still don't fully know. 23 points and 6 assists for Brunson. Well, Dinwiddie played 31 minutes. He had 8 and 5 on 5 shots. You can Jack Armstrong his ass all the way out of here. Get that garbage out of here! And while I do think he can be better than this, I don't actually care. I don't, I don't think it's worth holding on. Maxi Kleber's probably worth an ad. 26 minutes, 20 points. 3 threes are still on a block. Now, 70% shooting is wholly unreal. The usage is unreal. But he can block shots, he can hit threes, he can put up some interesting numbers. And he's worth having a look at, I think. Finney Smith had 14 points and three steals. Like, that's totally fine to have as a 12, but also totally fine to not. That's sort of where he sits. And Joshy Green started for Bullock and had zero points in 25 minutes. And Davis Bertans, who a lot of people were excited about after his first game, he had three points in 17 minutes. And he is not remotely close to a 12, 14, or 16-team league, or maybe even 20-team league fantasy guy. There are some minutes here. But it doesn't actually matter. For the Pelicans, Christian James McCollum played 40 minutes. He had 38 points, 7 triples, 5 assists, 2 steals. Shot 54%. Had a usage of 34 and they lost. Again. That's 4 of the 5 games that he's played that they've lost. His usage is absolutely dominating the ball. And I'll just come out and say it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's good for this team. What happens if, if Zion Williamson returns? Does he sit in the corner so CJ can do his thing? Because he's been pining to have his own team for so long. Ingram's just sit, sitting around. Now, Ingram did take some shots in this one, 21 of them. Unfortunately, they didn't go in. He had 12 points and with eight assists. But he has dropped way off since McCollum arrived. Way off. And in large part, that's because CJ is just dominating the ball. And this team was playing pretty well with Ingram as the guy. And they are not playing as well with Ingram not being the guy. Small sample size and all that bullshit. But it is a fact that is what happened so far. They made the move, guys. They moved Devontae Graham to the bench. He played 25 minutes. He had 12 and 5. He is not a 12 or 14 team league guy. And they started Jackson Hayes. 
who had some real big foul trouble, but had 18 and 6 in 26 minutes. Now, his plus minus was atrocious, and there were some concerns with him out there. But this has been trending in this direction, and I think he's got to be a 12-team league player, and we'll see where it goes. I would hold Herb Jones in category leagues. He had 9, 6, and 3. But everything is trending down for him as well. And in points leagues, he's not that good. And if you want to move on, move on. Valanchunas had 16 and 18 there, while Tone Stell played 29 minutes and actually had 11 points with three threes. Cool. That's a nice deep league scenario. And by deep, I mean maybe even 16 teams. Maybe. Garrett Temple's 18 minutes continue to be disgustingly bad. And I've talked about this on this show many times. Garrett Temple is reportedly a great bloke, one of the best blokes in the NBA. Spoken about it a lot of times. Absolute top-class bloke. But apparently, being a good bloke and being currently bad at NBA basketball, those two things, they don't even cancel each other out. Being the good bloke is what gets you minutes. And it's never made any sense to me why he continues to play. The Pelicans actually have a really solid 12-man rotation they could use, but they're not doing it. And then after the game, Willie Green was asked, hey, how come these other guys move in and out of the rotation all the time, but you keep Garrett Temple's minutes and rotation consistent where everyone else is chopping and changing? And Willie Green's answer was, I don't know. My guy. Now, either you are lying, you're annoyed at the question, or you're literally not cut out for this job. I don't know which one it is. Regardless of what the answer is, it's a bad response. He said, well, we're going to look at over the All-Star break. Mate, you don't have to have a look over at the All-Star break. Look right now. Right now. You do not have to play him. i tell you who you can play. Jose Alvarado, who you DNPCD'd. Trey Murphy, who you DNPCD'd. Najee Marshall, who you DNPCD'd. Every one of those blokes should get minutes over Garrett Temple and Gary Clark. Absolutely no reason for them to not... They even DNP'd Billy Hernan Gomez. When you could have had him in there getting some backup center minutes. Garrett Temple was a minus 23 in 18 minutes. It's an inept coaching, and it's been that way all season. Really, really poor stuff. The Sixers, what a win. After getting smacked by 50 against the Celtics the other day, they beat the Bucks 123-120. No Harden still, of course. 42-14-5 for Joel Embiid, and Tyrese Maxey had 19-2-4 in 40 minutes. Any top 75 player for Maxey, any top 80 player, top 85, you've got to trade him if anyone would buy it. They probably won't. They did not start Danny Green. Him and Matisse Thibel were really bad. And Doc Rivers has said this multiple times that he doesn't want to play those two together. He'll still trot out some of the worst rotations and lineups you'll ever see, but he doesn't want to play those guys together. They were horrible. We had one block, one rebound, one assist for Thibel. And as I will continually say, I don't give a shit what his ranking says. He is not a must-roster player. Steals and blocks are nice. That's it. That's all that's nice. And Danny Green had two points in 14 minutes. Paul Millsap got the backup center minutes over Paul Reed. RIP to our boy, Paul. And then with Green and Thibel not playing much, we had 40 Georgian Yang minutes. Sure, 18 points, five triples. Now this won't happen because he'll he'll lose that starting spot to Harden. But even Furkan Korkmaz did well. 13 and seven with three threes in 30 minutes. But again, Harden's just going to change all this and there's no reliability with any of those guys. For the Bucks, Yarni... Had 32, 11, and 9, three steals and a block, just a great game. Porter, 17, and 7, and Holiday, 24, and 5. And the spot start went to Jordan Wara, who played 35 minutes. He had 18 points. Now, we know he loves a shot. He doesn't love too much more else there. There was no Grayson Allen. There was no George Hill. There was no DeAndre Bembry. Now, Pat Connington is not returning, but after the break, 
Allen, Hill, and Benbury could all literally be in the rotation. So do not waste your time, I don't think, adding Nora. There are some minutes there for him. There are not 34 minutes there for him. So don't overreact to that. We also got 24 minutes from Serge Ibaka. He had five points, and he, he's just washed up at this point. Unfortunately for him, he'll have the occasional good game, but consistently, he's just not a good, a good enough NBA rotation player. But their options are pretty limited here Milwaukee in terms of who can play in those lineups. But they're playing him in lineups next to uh, Portis and next to Giannis in the three-big lineup, which to me is pretty dumb. I don't think Ibaka's up to it, and that's mainly because of injury because his back's rooted, and that surgery has made him not himself. So... Yeah, don't look at him to have any sort of real fantasy value as we move forward. Let's go to the last game of the night. It was an absolute blowout here. The Clippers beat the Rockets 142-111. For Houston, the crucifix, Christian Wood was back. So that meant that our man, the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun, went back to the bench and he played 14 minutes. Four points, three rebounds, four assists and a block. And I'd get exasperated, I'd get frustrated if I didn't expect this to happen. 14 minutes is low, and in the end, they didn't even bother playing him in garbage time. They were getting Bruno Fernando out there, because they know that he is a key piece of what they want to do. He's also got Rising Stars stuff to participate in. So I don't mind that part of it. It's more just the frustration of not having any crossover with him and Wood at all, and the prioritization of Wood. Again, this is what we said yesterday. It was awesome. It was a great performance but it's almost impossible to consider him a guy to have in 12-team leagues unless Wood is out. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Wood had 13-7, and seven, 25 minutes. It's just a shit, of, shit show of a game. Like Schroeder played 30 minutes with Kevin Porter out, 9-3-9 and nine with two steals, shot 27%. He's only worth streaming if Porter is out. While the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, he had another 19 points. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. We actually got to see Josh Christopher, which is awesome. 26 minutes, 13, 4, and 4 with three steals. I fully believe he's going to be a really good player. But the problem is, is that your mate Steven Silas is prioritizing Schroeder and Eric Gordon over him, which is just baffling bullshit from a franchise that's going nowhere. The fact that they took him out of the rotation so that they could keep Schroeder and play him makes no sense. So while I think there is an opportunity for him to have some good games, I'm not banking on it. And again, we don't even know what the hell to make of this game because there was no Kevin Porter and there was no Eric Gordon. We also got 20 useless minutes from David Nwaba. KJ Martin played 26, so at least he's solid there. Well, uh, Gary Bird played 31 and had eight points with two triples. And he's not the answer for the future. I know he's an unknown player and a sort of bit younger, but he's like five or six years older than Josh Christopher. And I just want to see what Christopher can do. Bad stuff from the Rockets. And again, playing your veterans. Yeah, you lost by 30. Cool. On to the Clippers. Well, what do we make of this? We know they smashed him. We know that Ty Lue played eight blokes, 20 plus minutes. And we know that Isaiah Hartenstein had an absolute, an absolute monster. Giggity. 13 and eight, two assists, three steals and five blocks. As sexy as shit. But, but, he can't trust the minutes. Played like 14 last game. He might play six, he might play 20. If you can pick the games when these guys are going to go off, good luck to you. Like Luke Kennard. He had eight triples in 23 minutes with 25 points. That's sick. He might have 10 points next game. Terrence Mann dropped in, what, 20 points in 28 minutes? Much better than last game. But I, I can't predict this. 26 minutes for a mere coffee. Nick Batum, who'd been playing well, had three points in 21 minutes. Look, what does it mean? Three, four, and three. Robert Covington, who went from 10 minutes, 12 minutes to 28 minutes, now back to 14 minutes and had two points with no defensive stats. 
Look, that's not 12-team league worthy. The same stuff is happening here. It was a good game for Marcus Morris, 27 in 25 minutes, while Zubats, who'd been playing 30, had 13 and 10 in 23 minutes. I know the blowout is a big factor in this, but it's still, it's just going to be like this the whole way through. Reggie Jackson had 14 assists. He probably is the only must roster, must start 12-team league guy. Hartenstein, no. Kennard, maybe. Morris, probably. Mann, probably. Coffey, probably not. Zubats, probably yes. Batum, probably yes. Covington, probably yes. But if your roster's got Covington or Batum or Mann or Kennard or Morris or Zubats, they're almost definitely your worst or second worst player. Yeah, honestly, appraise your roster. That's probably what they are. And that means that they're not must roster. It means they sit there and you can move in and out. And it's going to be ups and downs for this team. I would imagine for most of the rest of the way. At least if we get positive news on Paul George, then when he comes back middle of March, we get a little bit more stability with some of the rotations. But it's going to make it really, really tough for fantasy. Let's look at the top lines of the night from today. At your monstrous, it was big, Yanni, onto the Kumpo. The waiver wire is Hartenstein. Young gun is Lamello. And the dud of the night is Bob Covington, unfortunately for him. Top 10 players in category leagues for today. Number one was Giannis, followed by Embiid and Doncic. Big games from all those blokes. Then Hartenstein, Marcus Morris, Kyle Lowry, CJ McCollum, Luke Kennard, Jonas Valanciunas, and Patrick Mills. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Hartenstein, look, we know. We know the values there. But the minutes just aren't predictable enough. Same with Kennard. He can do it, but he can also be really cold. I don't mind him as a 12-teamer, but it's really on the fringes. Denny Avdia, I think he's a 12-teamer. Tom Bryant, I don't think he's. Ish Smith, maybe. But much like the Clippers' wings, Wizards' point guards is going to be a mess. PJ Tucker, no. Corey Kispert, I don't think, is a 12er. Anthony Gill, no way. Furkan Korkmaz, no way. And Jackson Hayes, I think he's a 12-team league player. Your top 10 players in points leagues today. Doncic, followed by Giannis, Embiid, McCullum, Valanciunas, Lowry, Lamello, Adebayo, Butler, and Miles Bridges. And you know what, guys? That'll do it for me today. That's the last recap show for a week. There will be some small shows happening next week, but thanks everyone for your support so far through the season. It's been awesome to have this channel be as successful as it's been. I've still got goals for it to be much bigger, but you know, we're getting there. So thanks to everyone who supported either this show, my written work, Basketball Monster, the audio show, whatever. It's been awesome and I really appreciate everyone doing that. Again, last call, follow the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Odyssey. And if you're on YouTube, Tell me what you're feeling. Drop your comments down below. Hit the subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Guys, we are done here, at least for a couple of days. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.